Time is running out for the planet Earth. It's impervious to all voices. There's an intriguing sensation. It's a nuclear device. Fun, fun, fun! Yes, that's nice. Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. It belongs to a creature from outer space. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's very important. It does not confuse. It's a trap! Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Shall Inherit. I'm Daniel Pickett. I'm Jason Lindsay. And uh, has the panic set in for you yet? Which one? Which, for which? The Comic-Con countdown. Well, We're, we are less than a month away. We are less than a month away, but it's funny that you open the show with, has the panic set in for you yet? <laughs> because <laughs> we can't get too far into this episode uh, without hitting what we're excited about, and it would be remiss of me to avoid the little baby elephant in the room uh, that Daniel Pickett has some huge news non-toy related and non-pop culture related uh and uh we we really have to talk about this and talk about the tension mounting and pressure uh you've got some some major news to to break to the gsi fans the fact that i'm now being known as caitlin yes yes that you're now being known as caitlin and that you're african-american you're right yes yes (laughs) that you've been you've been working for the naacp that's the craziest story I've ever heard. I know that's not on our list at all, but... didn't make it up. That is bonkers. C. Thomas Howell, I think, has, has the rights for the story. Well, yeah, he's, he's probably steamed wherever he is right now. This is part two. Now, it really, I told you guys. It's so bizarre, but we'll get to that, because we can do a whole episode on that bizarreness. But uh, Daniel Pickett has some news. Would you like to tell the folks at home? Uh, yes. I, w- I, I uh, As some of you may know, I've been... Seeing our editor here at uh, at GSI, in secret. Uh, it's in secret, yeah, and uh, we are now expecting uh, a child together. Woohoo! We are we are with child, uh, so that'll just make our schedule even crazier here. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's good news for all you guys. Congratulations uh, for me and the entire. Uh, uh, GSI audience, I'm just going to speak for everyone to say congratulations to you and Abby on the wonderful news that, that uh, you're you're going to have a little one. Yes, in uh, in November, it's an, it'll be my second girl. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's right. And as I was saying just before we started recording, the good thing about this is Abby's uh, already a pro because she's already a, a, a great mom, so to speak, and uh, Daniel's no slouch. So they're going to be fine. They, they've had a great dry run. They know what they're doing. You know, a lot of folks get this news and you go, oh, God, they can't tie their shoes. <laughs> how, are they going to, how are they going to tie uh, baby shoes? But you guys will be just fine. This is very exciting news. So, However, I am, I'm losing my toy room. You're losing your toy room? Yes. Wait, first of all, <laughs> first of all, there's one. I just assumed there were like 17. Well, currently, there's just the one. Okay, just the one. So that's going away. Yeah. And where's all that's gonna be? That's gonna be a nursery. Where's now. all that stuff going? In the garage, in the storage units. Can't you leave all those action figures laying around a baby? Uh, you, you would. So, someone said, yeah. I mean, for a while, that's perfect decoration for a baby till they can move around and stuff. You got a good, you know, 
they uh, have they, another year or so before they can grab them, yeah. put them in their mouth. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Uh, wow, I didn't know that. So you're losing. Wow, you're 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 growing up. I know. I know. It's uh, despite my best efforts. It's all it's all changing. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's well. That's a whole episode right there. We'll have to devote to therapy. Yes. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be a process. I'm assuming. Yeah. Day by day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to quote Godspell. Was it Godspell? That is Godspell day by day. Yeah. Yes. Boy, pull that out of my bum. That, by the way, is the sh- uh, the show I well the the show I've done the second most amount of times in my life. Uh, you mean performed in performed in Godspell? Yes. yes. And that was uh, is that um, um, uh, what's his name? No. Stephen Sondheim. Oh, is that Sondheim? No, it's not Sondheim. It's uh, Schwartz. Stephen Schwartz. Oh, I was going to say Weber. No, it is not Andrew Lloyd no. Webber. That's Joseph and the Amazing That's, Color Dreamcoat I mean, and Jesus Christ, Jesus Superstar. Christ Superstar was Webber too, right? Correct. Right. Yes. Um, if you've been listening to Broadway podcasts. I was going to say, that didn't take long. <laughs> <laughs> Broadway bound. Um, did you ever see the Sondheim fun. thing, the HBO? I did. It was very good. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was really good. Um, so anyway, we're going we're gonna to use up our what we're excited about. Well, well, a good chunk of it, let's say 85% of it, we're going to use up this week with, with, with Daniel and Abby uh, and the family and, and his, his, his already child uh, welcoming this, this great news. And then we'll use the other 15%. Uh, I guess we should say we're excited about Comic-Con. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah. Although I am, I am, I am kind of numb. I, I don't even want... To know the date right now, <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, the pressure mount. That's why I was saying the the panic of it. Like this time next month. Yeah, we're recording on the fourteenth. It'll already be over. Yeah. Bags are packed. Yeah, you're back soaking your feet. Yeah, I don't know why I've got such trepidation about it. These, I, you know, I, I know exactly what it is. And every time I go down this road and talk about it. I feel like a jerk and I want to preface it by saying there's, you know, literally, you know, I want to say millions, but I don't know, hundreds of thousands, however many people out there that w- w- want to go to Comic-Con that may never get to go. And so it seems churlish of us to piss and moan about it. Um, however, it, you know, it is, you know, uh, an adventure. It is. It is. It is crazy. You know, um, uh, my better half uh, works with a with a network, and uh, and so she's going down. My my wife. Yep. And um, at one point, because see that's got to be nice because you guys that like they take care of the hotel room and stuff, don't they? Yes. Oh yeah. If I could just have that piece removed from it each year. Well, yeah, no, I know. Oh. And I, and I also because of, you know, Biff Bang Pow, I've always kind of, I mean, the first few years I went down, I, I, you know, sorted it out myself. But then again, the first few years I went down, it was not like this. Right. It was just, it wasn't. I mean, I, I told you that story where the, the first year I went, a buddy of mine and I had been out drinking the night before and we decided just to drive down on Saturday. And you just talked your way. And we just talked our way in and spent just eight hours, and we were home by seven o'clock. Yeah, 
you know, and parked like six blocks away, <laughs> you know, um, you just, you couldn't do that today. And so at one point, because they're allotted, you know, hotel rooms, or whatever. And again, this is, I, I'm not, I'm not waving this in anybody's face, but I'm just saying way back when it was, you know, should they go with this hotel or this hotel? And she threw it out to me and it literally was a, an option between right next door or this one over here, which meant crossing the street each time you went over to the convention center. And I said, I don't care if it's a, a shoe box, go with the one that's right next door because yeah. just the crossing the street, it, it's 30 minutes. Yes. It's, and and we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, if it was four in the morning and you just were, you know, making the, the journey, it's a three minute journey, you know, from yeah. the hotel to, you know, across the street. But it's 30 minutes. And just the notion of I'm not claustrophobic, but I hate people. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I'm not great in in lines or crowds or any of that stuff. I do get really antsy. And just that that section of stairs where everybody's kind of just. Oh, yeah. At the front. By the, on the stairs waiting for the, the thing to turn so they can go across the street. Just yeah. makes me nuts. Add to it, you know, 95 degree weather, um, and and suddenly the phone you got like, oh, you got to get over to the booth right now. Someone's there that needs to interview you or whatever, and it just makes me nuts. Yeah. Um, but uh, all, all you know, it is fun and there's lots to do, um, lots of craziness, and you guys never stop moving. I mean, you're just you have to oh, sit yeah. down when you're. That's right. Because you're just you're covering everything and you're, you know, you're getting your appointments and all that. And did you do a lot of, do you do you ever sit in on, like, do you care about like the Star Wars thing or any of that stuff like, to sit in on any of that, any of those rooms or or? I mean, I'd love to be able to do more of that, but just there's so much to cover just in the toy world that I just I don't get to. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because uh, I got to hit like all, you know, the Hasbro usually has two or three panels. Mattel has a couple of panels. There's like a group Star Wars one. Diamond Select usually has a mini mate and a regular one, you know, so it's like I'm trying to hit all that stuff just to report on toys for the readers. Well, speaking and, of. Uh, so I don't get to go see like the guys from Mystery Science Theater or, you know, stuff like speaking that. Speaking of such things, um, uh, my wife was actually down in San Diego about a week ago to do some preliminary stuff and met with, um, you know, the Comic-Con muckety mucks and they just were making small talk. And I think she said something like, so Star Wars, is that going to be something this year? <laughs> and he was like, oh, my. And he just rolled his eyes like, don't even start like. I, Star Wars never heard. Of I it. think it is. I mean, this is this is the Star Wars Comic-Con. You know, this yeah. is this is going to be, you know, it's I think it's going to be wall to wall Star Wars everywhere you you go and look because um, this is the Star Wars Comic Con. This is it before this the big. Is, this is the year of the Star Wars. Yeah, before the, you know, before the big day. Um, and they've been, you know, hedging their bets, kicking kicking all their reveals down the road as far as they can. You know, they've got Comic Con and then D twenty three is in August and uh, the. Stuff's got to be in on shelves in September, so. Right, and what's the big? Didn't they? Since we've done the last episode, they announced the big Midnight Madness thing, right? Force Friday. When is that? 
That is September 4th, I believe. I remember uh, living in New York. I was living in New York at the time, I think. Okay. For the uh, episode one, Midnight Madness. Mm-hmm. The um, what, what, what Toys R Us is that that I'm thinking of? The Times Square? Not Times Square. Washington Square? It's a different one. It's not the Times Square. But now it sounds like you're just making stuff up. And, uh, and I was there for the midnight thing. Nice. And uh, I bought a few things. I might have bought a Darth Maul because, you know, he was going to be the guy that was going to be in, you know, the first three movies. It's a wall. You know, he was the big, new big villain. Oh, and yeah. Jar Jar. I bought everything Jar Jar because I knew that was, I knew that was going to be a tough to find bit of merchandise. Yeah, that's, and I came across pictures, I think of my episode two Midnight Madness on my computer the other day, where just by that time, you know, they had had at least one of these that they had been through, and they just brought out a bunch of those kiddie pools and just dumped the figures into those <laughs> and just let the nerds just roll around in All them. All Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I never went to another one. I did my one... And, you know, although I might have gone to someone at the last minute might have gotten like midnight tickets for um, for episode two, I think. And suddenly you're talking about seeing the the film. I mean, that's the closest I got to any kind of fervor over the the prequels. Uh, I I think I went to all three of the Midnight Madness toy things. Sure you did. And I th- I can't remember if it was episode two or episode three. <clears throat> we were my buddy and I would always drive out to the Toys R Us in Monrovia. Okay, we thought that would be the great one to kind of line up at, kind of out of the way. And uh, he left me in line and drove up the t- the two ten a little bit to the next Walmart, and then he called me from there saying. There's nobody here. They've got the whole aisle set and just like taped off with caution tape. Okay. He's like, so I'm going to come back and get you uh, out of that line and we're going to come back here and we're not going to mess with other people. And that's what he did. We went back and we just got to, you know, I think there was maybe two other guys that showed up by that time. (laughs) Everyone was at Toys R Us waiting for the doors to open when the Walmart was 24 hours. Oh, yeah. They had just set their thing and then blocked it off. So, oh well, now I wonder if will they be doing the same thing this year? Uh, I don't know. I suspect most stores will try and capitalize on it since it is Star Wars. But so far, only Toys R Us has been announced that I know of officially. Right. Okay. Um, well, all right. So that we'll we'll probably do an episode before Midnight Madness in September. Right. Thinking. In the meantime, um, we do have lots to cover, um, and uh, we can look at this. We got music. We got Comic Con exclusives. We've got um, toys, movies, TV. Yeah, you name it. Miscellaneous. We're covering all the all the categories. That's for show. Yeah. Um, we're might be too much show. Why don't we start with uh, the Comic Con exclusives and some of the stuff that you're excited about or that's been happening. Um, I, I should certainly talk about our stuff because 
Um, it has been on the tips of people's tongues lately, the Biff Bang Pow stuff, and I'm very, very proud of it. Um, but let's talk about some of the things that have been sort of announced or that you want to hit. Okay. Uh, for uh, the, the most recent one, of course, would probably be the Star Wars Stormtrooper uh, from Episode 7 that they announced this week. Uh, Entertainment Weekly got the scoop on that. Uh, what did they get? They got like a they they showed a stormtrooper Hot Wheel, uh, a stormtrooper Lego kit, and then the Star Wars black figure. Now this is the is it again? I'm not being silly. Uh, is it called the uh, the storm? Is it called in like a new stormtrooper? Is that what they're called? Uh, what it's yeah it has a name. It's like the New Republic stormtrooper, I believe. Okay, got it. New Republic stormtrooper. Okay, yeah. Uh, and the only thing exclusive about it, they're saying, is the packaging. But you'll be able to get this Stormtrooper in, the, I guess, the regular Star Wars Black package. Okay. Uh, after, you know, uh, on September 4th. So, depending on whether or not uh, it's important to you to get it early. And some people got it really early because these leaked out online uh, probably about a week or so ago. Okay. There were some guys out of Hong Kong selling them, and uh, the first batch showed up. I think they were about forty to fifty dollars, and sold out pretty quickly. Despite everyone, you know, being very nervous about is this for real? What are we looking at? What is this the actual thing? Is this the Comic Con thing? Is it the regular thing? Uh, and then they, this Hong Kong group, put up a second batch. I think they were one hundred and sixty apiece. And those also sold out rather quickly. So uh, people wanted to be first when it came to having that figure. So some people already have it in hand, actually. Boy, you really got to want to – I mean, I can't even begin to understand. I can begin to understand it, but then I just don't understand it at all. That you, yeah. that you it's something that's going to be out by the jillions – that you need that badly. But, you know, I guess if you, that's what you want to spend your bread on. Right. You know, by all means. So that, that was kind of a big, a big reveal. Uh, I think to most folks, uh, the, also the, the Dr. Strange Marvel Legends set, I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. That's a big, that's like a hundred, was a hundred and 120 or a hundred bucks or something. It's a big, like six yeah, figures, it's right? It's a big, I think it's five, Five figures? It's five figures, yeah. Okay. And in a big book, and then it comes with, like, the amulet. So it's 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 nice packaging. It's pretty impressive. Nice. Uh, I got a sample already of the uh, Matty Collector Mattel courtroom Egon figure from the, the, their, the last of their Ghostbusters figures. Oh, I was figures. just going to say, are they still doing Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters? Well, they they had this one, uh, I guess, still in the hopper that they went ahead and, and put out. Okay. Because right? you know, Diamond has taken over that license now. Right. And those look gorgeous, I have to say. Yeah. I, I yeah. you know, I was there for the Maddie stuff because, again, we thought this is, you know, the first time we're getting it and we're never going to get it again. And I love the prop replicas. Uh, but, man, Diamond right out of the gate is kicking Maddie's b-hole. With those sculpts, they're absolutely gorgeous, and they, yeah. the figures look amazing, amazing. So it's gonna, it's it's kind of bittersweet because I got most of the, the Maddie stuff, those soft sculpts, um, compared to yeah. the new stuff, and uh, it's gonna be hard, not getting that stuff. But um, 
but with the with the Maddie figure on the the outside mailer box, it is dedicated uh, to Harold Ramis. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, uh, and this figure uh, of all the Ghostbusters figure comes with the most accessories. Comes with eight different accessories. Oh, so people even uh, know about this? Like, I didn't. I honestly didn't even know they still had. I didn't know Maddie was even still going. Is Maddie still going? Yes. Yeah. Right, I keep getting it mixed up with Scott and assuming but Scott is no longer Scott is no longer there. And I, for some reason, I, I I'm picturing it not being there anymore. But um, no, it's it's still there. They're still doing Masters of the Universe. The okay. uh, the 2000X Maddie sub sub subscription is is starting to the samples are starting to come in for that. Uh, you know, I'm sure they'll be revealing stuff for the the 20. I guess the rest of the 20. 15 line and possibly they'll probably start showing what they're looking at for 2016. I think they've got some pretty big stuff. So that they've Maddie also has, uh, you know, we got like a monster high two pack cause those things always just sell out immediately. Uh, there is, what else do they have? They've got, uh, the masters of the universe two pack of those little guys that have tops on their torsos. They, you pull their legs off, and they're little spinny guys, Rotar and Spin, Spin, Spindor, or whatever. Just making names up. I'm not. Well, I'm Rotar what, is one of them, but I can't remember the other guys. Your line would have such silly names for characters. <laughs> Come on. Uh, what else? They've got like they're doing a, like a Mega Blocks uh, Halo set, and like a Mega Blocks Boomco, which is their kind of Nerf dart gunny thing. Uh, I think they have a. And then they've got the Stormtrooper Hot Wheel. Uh, uh, they've got like a vinyl uh, uh, Monster High critter. So, huh? Yeah, they've got some stuff. Well, they always have tons of stuff. Um, uh, you know, they 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 tend to to hit a lot of fan bases and categories. A lot, there's a good good mixture of stuff that they that they have. Um, well, I I you know. I tend to be mod. You know, somebody. I was out the other night, and uh, this this woman, that uh, a friend of my wife's, kind of kind of you know verbally kicked me up the butt and said, you know, because the whole Facebook. You know, I'm I'm not good with the. You know, I'm on Facebook, and I'm mostly there for for uh, Biff Bang Pow and for the podcast and stuff. Uh, every now and then, I'll get incensed about something and write a missive about you know Kanye or whatever. But um, I'm not, you know, I'm not a day-to-day Facebook person, and um, loads of people did not know <laughs> about the SNL Tina Fey uh, Amy Poehler set. Uh, they, they, like, in other words, it, and this is remarkable. Uh, you know, I'm going to toot my our horn about this. Of anything that we've ever done, more just regular Joes that had no knowledge of the toy world, or you know, that kind of knew about Biff Bang Pal but didn't put it together. Um, found the story, you know, on their own, and then made its way around to the connection to me. Uh, that would hit me on Facebook or text or whatever, and go, "This is you guys," you know. And that's really saying something about, you know, the product and the popularity of those two people. Yeah. Because, like, because you didn't expect that, did you? I, you didn't expect to be in Time Magazine. I really didn't. I mean, I knew that it was it was hitting a sweet spot. And that's the, you know, it's one of the reasons, I mean, we're, we're fans to begin with and, you know, there's, there, there isn't enough 
uh, female stuff out there, and that's what we, where we wanted to go with this. But um, I really underestimated just how embraced this was going to be, and uh, especially loads of female-centric sort of you know geek, you know geek chick kind of sites or whatever that right. were saying you know you know God bless these guys for doing this because yeah. you know and it, and it, you know and it hit right at the sweet spot of the Black Widow controversy, <laughs> the whole thing about her not getting enough merchandise and right. not being on the motorcycle. And it just hit at the right time. And all of a sudden, everybody just embraced this thing, uh, which is very, very cool. Um, so we're very, very proud of that. And that, that certainly got a lot of, a lot of mileage. Um, we, but you had to be a little nervous about that because, A, uh, you know, it's, it's two female figures. And people always say girls don't sell. And then there's always the argument of, you know, civilians, just guys in suits. And you've essentially done two women in suits. Well, see, that's my – that's what I keep – like, I am a proponent of that. I see I, – I think people, if it's a popular thing or if it's – see, this to me is the crossover thing where it's like, you know, I always have made the case for bobbleheads when people – you know, way back when we, we launched with a bobblehead or something, you know, a lot of folks that aren't action figure people are totally comfortable with a bobblehead on their – on their desk at work rather than an action figure. And, right, and right. now you're getting into, now it's, it's loosening up in the action figure world and you may not want to have Batman or Superman, but Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, you know, that's a secret handshake on your, on your desk at work. Um, so yeah, I mean, there was, there was a bit of uh, a bit of that, but I knew, I think we knew that of anything that we had done for SNL so far, this was right out front. Like this was going to, connect more than anything we'd sort of done for, for SNL. And by the way, you know, the license without going into a huge detail and it's nobody's damn business anyway. No. Um, you know, the SNL license, it isn't just like do whatever you want. There are restrictions, okay. you know, where Belushi, Will Ferrell, Blues Brothers, there are parameters to it. Um, we can't just do whatever we, we want. And we were lucky that we were able to do, to do this. And it's, um, no, it's it's great, but I have to say we got a lot of stuff to announce, and stuff is sort of getting, it's trickling out, you know, day by day. Here we go again with the references. Um, I'm very very proud and excited about the Penny Dreadful six inch figures that we're doing, because nobody expected those things. Right. And 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 also being a huge fan of Timothy Dalton's, though I get to make another Timothy Dalton figure is very cool. Um, and by the time this airs, those will have been announced. That's right. And but I think the one that really gets me giddy is the Flash Gordon and Ming uh, little playsets, the Hawk City right. playsets, um, because it's just every time I look at it, I go, thirty-five years. I've been waiting thirty-five years. These are the action figures I wanted that I expected to see in the stores, you know, thirty-five years ago. Uh, right. And people are really freaking out, and it's very, very cool to to see. And, you know, there's an old thing about like, 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 um, th this is not a comparison anyway, but like Bill Murray or someone was saying something about what's better, you know, doing a live thing or doing a movie. And Murray would always say, well, the thing about doing a movie is I don't get the laugh for like nine months. You know, if you're on stage right. doing something, you get the laugh right away. Well, that's kind of what this is. Like finally seeing the, the photographs and letting the world know about it kind of is like 
the shoe dropping sort of, you can finally start talking about this stuff. And from, you know, brain to paper to physical specimen, it's such a, you know, how long this stuff takes. Yeah. It's such a process um, that when, when, when it, when the door opens and it doesn't land with the thud, it's such a relief. You know, it's like the curtain goes up and people are excited. Um, and that's kind of everything we've sort of been announcing the, the Star Trek for the whales, you know, bobbleheads uh, for the voyage home, yep. um, the kiss stuff, the, the kiss um, box set, you know, kiss alive too, the stage with the figures. People are freaking about that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really cool. It's, we put a lot of work into it and it's finally, now's the time for the shoe to drop sort of. So, well, I think too, doing the, being able to do the, the sort of playset backdrop things with the packaging, which you didn't invent. I mean, people have done that before, sure. but it just keeps sort of dropping off the face of the earth. But, you know, getting like the big bang theory with the comic book shop, you know, getting the, yeah. the Hawk world playset getting, you know, the the backdrop for weekend update, like that's that's such a great bonus. And it's paper. Oh, you know? Yeah, no, thanks, man. That's I mean, if I had my way, every figure that we that we do, uh, especially in that scale, would would have something. You know? Um uh there's so much stuff that goes by the wayside. You know, so much stuff that that um, you know, that gets thought of or like, you know, um, you know, stickers or temporary tattoos, you know, we're doing something for the kiss stuff and there's so much other stuff, you know, I mean, I remember way back the first, you know, ideas for the six inch flash Gordon figures. I wanted to include a bit of, you know, the, the big round disc that he and uh, flash and Baron fight on. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to, it was like a build a figure. I wanted to have a, yeah. a piece of that you know, behind each figure. And then you eventually would have that as a base. And it was just too expensive. We just, we couldn't do it. Um, I just hope that, you know, I keep saying it, but this go round with Flash Gordon, we got a lot of merchandise planned. It's like a master toy license and it's not the same universe that it was in 2007. So I really hope everybody shows up for this because I want to make every stinking character in the history of, of that movie. Yeah. And, uh, and it is, you know, December is 35 years. It is 35 years That's since crazy. Flash Gordon. So um, it's all, you know, hitting at the, at the right time. Uh, but let's talk about some more stuff. Um, let's talk about some movies. Cause we're going to kind of, we're already 30 minutes into this. Um, well, let's talk about toys real quick. It's funny. We've been, we each pick stuff up here and there. Um, I was literally about to talk about, the um, Firefly, I love Firefly. I love Serenity, the movie. I was never going to get all of these figures, but I picked up um, uh, Mal yep. and and Zoe. Okay, and I so you found them in a store? Yes, and okay. I literally was just going to talk about Mal. And I mean, I, he's literally out of the box about two hours ago. And I was going to start talking about him, and I went to move his left arm, and... Uh, he snapped at the elbow. Oh. Snapped right off. So that'll have to be going back to the store. And I don't mind talking about it. That really pisses me off. That's a $22 figure and five seconds out of the packaging and the arm snaps off. Where'd you find them? Uh, to Toys R Us. 
Oh, okay. Toys um, so there's that. I found the Marvel Legends Spider Woman. I've been looking for her for a long time. And oh, wow. Okay. She knew it. Right. Um, I love a lot of the prop replica stuff. You know that. Um, I got that awesome NECA uh, Batarang. The, the GameStop NECA Batarang replica. Right. So cool. It is so cool. And it's got a... a a, a midsection. There are two different little round things in the middle, and the and the, the second one lights up. It's got like a bat in the middle of it, and then lights that go around. And just a flick of a switch, and the battering flicks open, just like it does in the in real life. Uh, just like in the game, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so cool because they did, which game? Which game was that that it came in? Uh, Arkham Knight, is it? I think. I just I just knew you hadn't played it. I was seeing if you knew. No, but it's Arkham Knight. <laughs> I know that. I don't know much okay. about art, but I know what I like. Um, but it was the, it's the same. You know, NECA did the um, the the spear the um, grapple, the grapple gun, which is really a cool prop replica thing. Um, yeah. They did that last year, and now this. Um, what else have we picked up? And I also, I GameStop also has an exclusive. DC collectible six-inch figure for Arkham Knight of the Red Hood. Oh, I picked up the the Batman, the Arkham Knight Batman figure. Okay, that's a cool figure. Yeah, that's a very cool figure. Um, uh, yeah, that game comes out just in a couple, like another week or so. It's a nice, nice line of, uh, of figures. You know, have yeah. you ever been? Have you ever gotten over to the Disney store and seen any of the the Marvel exclusive uh, stuff that they do? Yeah, boy, I was in a Disney store the other day with uh, Chris Tolman. We went to. There's work. some really neat stuff. Um, I love. They've got like a Captain America shield, and and head, you know, headgear. Kids, yeah. they've got a, a, a. I mean, when did you ever think you'd walk into any toy store and find a Hawkeye bow and arrow set? You know, the kids would be wanting to emulate Hawkeye. Well, have you seen that full like vinyl stormtrooper armor for kids yes. that they've got? Oh, it's so cool! If they had that when I was a kid, I, I would still be wearing I, it. Exactly, and you'd never need. I would have drank, just smoked a lot of cigarettes and drank a lot of coffee to stunt my growth. Exactly. Um, so they've they've been doing those like thirteen, fourteen inch Star Wars talking figures, which I think are really nice um, as as a you know as a mass market toy. Um, I, I think I picked up the Stormtrooper and the Han Solo. Uh, I think they're really cool. They're actual audio clips from the movies, except not Boba Fett and not Vader. It's not the real Vader voice, which I don't understand. But they've also made a, a, like a 14-inch Spider-Man and an Iron Man, uh, mm-hmm. these figures, and their articulation's great. Now, the voices kind of make me nuts, but just the... The sound effects and the light-up features and stuff, um, very cool. I got the Iron Man. It's a very, very cool figure because they were all, like, on sale for, like, 20 bucks, uh, like, a week ago or something. I picked that up. I want to give a, a shout-out to uh, our old pal Josh Izzo over yeah. at Fox. Um, uh, I had a nice little lunch with him a while back. And uh, he sent me a couple little care packages. So shout-out to you, Josh. He sent me these great hardcover uh, Wes Anderson books. One is like, you know, the the Anderson Oviewer, <clears throat> and the other one is all about uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. And the other thing he sent, there, oh, you know, I've talked about this company before, 
and I cannot think of the name of the company, and I had the little thing with me. Now I can't find it. Um, it's this great company. They do these little – it's a little they, – they do like a little box, and then there will be like a little toy inside the box and a little mini booklet. For example, they did um, Edgar Allan Poe, The Raven. So in the box, you get a copy of The Raven, and then there's a little – plastic raven <laughs> when you press a button on the base of the bird it says nevermore okay? okay they've done like a little uh, little mini bendy set of um sherman and peabody you know bugs and daffy uh, a little spider-man they did a great set of doctor who stuff um a little canine that lights up and talks with a little you know canine uh, booklet <clears throat> a little downton abbey uh, replica with a little hmm. booklet, but I can't think of, any of this company. But they're just great, and it's it's one it's one of those when you're like at Barnes and Noble, these little boxes are in like on like a turnstile as you're heading toward the counter usually. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just it's the same company, and they just they're really cleverly done. And this thing I saw, and Izzo knew I was keen, and just the other day they showed up at, at the door. It's a little Statue of Liberty. From the chest up, just like the end of Planet of the Apes. Spoilers, by the way, if no one's seen Planet of the Apes. What? It's about four inches high, and it comes with a little base, a little bag of sand. So you put the sand in the base, and then put the little Statue of Liberty in the sand, and a teeny tiny little horse with a teeny tiny little Heston on the horse. And when you press a button on the back of the Statue of Liberty... It's it's an audio clip from the end of the movie with Heston like cursing out the world. It is the coolest little Planet of the Apes uh, tchotchke. <clears throat> and um, Josh Izzo uh, sent it off to me. So thank you, Josh, for all the goodies. I appreciate that. You're a, a man among men. See, I had lunch with him a few weeks back, too, and he didn't send me anything. Yeah, but, you know, I had to make out with him. Oh, yeah, I did not try that. I'm gonna write that down for next time. Small price to pay. Um, uh, and also, I want to give a shout out to Tim Barron, who's a big fan of the show, yeah, and a wonderful, wonderful artist and a decent human being. Um, and he's got a new comic book out called Chancho Larue and the Sixteen Candles. I, I feel like you made that I up. I did. I did because I had the book with me and now I can't I'm sorry, Tim, I'm in a different room and I don't have the book with me. Come on. Look up the guy's book for goodness sake. I sake. know, I know. Well keep keep him talking. I'll look up the book. Uh, I can't keep him talking. Uh um, I don't know it. Uh, um so what you did was you know, and Tim is a is a big fan of, of GSI. He's always always listening, always saying really nice things about the show. When you order this book, he would do a drawing for you. And he's a wonderful artist. And um, the drawing was going to be like Frankenstein or something, Frankenstein's monster kind of thing. Okay. And, um, and that's what he's going to do. But then he said, but Jason, I want to do something special for you, pal. I want to do a drawing of you as a spaceman. And I said, oh, Tim, I can't have you do that. He said, I insist. And he did a drawing of me uh, in the spacesuit um, as my uh, my special drawing that went with my, my book. Wow. 
Yeah, and he sent that. It's a one. It's a one of a kind. I posted it on Facebook, but we should post it on the. I should send it to you for the, the show notes. Um, and also, you know, he always when you when you order a book from him, one of his original uh, comics, he he always puts like a little trading card with it, which is an original trading card size drawing. He has sent me uh, Matt Smith as the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 backwards talking uh, man from uh, Twin Peaks. Oh right, yeah. And uh, just send me Keaton uh, Batman little wow. drawings. I've got a little collection going of Tim Barron stuff. So um, we always appreciate regular listeners. So um, thank you. Uh, t- he just sends me pictures of you in strange compromising positions with. Like the Beatles and Flash Gordon and stuff. Again, I'm a great makeout artist. So, yeah, you know, little, little. Oh, you're doing more than making out. A little, little bit goes a long way. Um, Just saying, that's that's what he keeps sending me, and I'm not even asking for. It. I'm well, you're asking Just for. Just keep it. getting the mail. Now you now you're hooked. Uh, yes. I'm all over. Oh, hey, there's there's me. There's me on his page on Tim Barron's Facebook page. <laughs> he wrote commission portrait, and it's me. Uh, I gotta hit like, but. Um, I can't for the life of me find the name of the damn book. I'm all over his Facebook page. So I'm sorry, Tim. By the end of the show, I'll come up with the name of your, your book, but it's fun stuff. Um, so there's that. Um, what else? How about some movies? Have you seen Mad Max? Have you seen it? I did see the Mad Max, yes. All right. You know where I'm, you know where I'm going to go with this. I don't. I think you do. I don't think I What's do. What's one of my biggest pet peeves about anyone's performance in anything? Uh, color pictures. <laughs> oh, uh, you, it's uh, accent. Yes. Yes. And whose accent don't you like? Charlize Theron? No. Right? No, Hardy. I have now sat through Hardy in some Prohibition era thing with Shia LaBois. I watched him in some Brooklyn thing with Gandolfini. We all watched him in The Dark Knight Rises. And now this thing, if you can't, pick an accent and stick with it, then just don't, don't bother. Don't, don't bother. He was Australian at the beginning. He was British about 10 minutes in halfway through. He was from like Jersey and it made me nuts. It takes me right out of it. Having said that, that movie was absolutely mental. And how can you, but he only had four lines of dialogue. How can you be upset? How can you not notice it? I don't know how you I don't know how you can watch that and not be distracted by the the accent going all over the place. I I didn't notice the accent going all over the place. I just heard that he sounded like Bane the whole time. Well, then he then then after a while he started to sound like Bane. The the opening monologue was Australian. He was doing an Australian thing and it was like some continuity there. And then before you know it there's no accent at all. He's just lost it midway through the the movie. I thought it was awesome, but did you not need a nap after that thing? Yeah, well, that was funny. When Abby and I saw it, we kind of talked about they structured the movie sort of like a book with chapters where it would literally just go dark after like 20 minutes of intensity just because you couldn't take any. You needed it. Yeah. You literally. <laughs> like, like, did you see it in 3D? Uh no. Because I cannot didn't... imagine seeing no, that thing in three D. Yeah. I was I was exhausted in two in D. And you know, after a while, you're you're some of the time you're watching it and you're just 
you start to, I did anyway, start to think of the practicality of it. Like when you're seeing, you know, 10 vehicles, an aerial shot of 10 vehicles heading, you know, towards you in the desert, those are 10 vehicles heading towards you in the desert. That's not a bunch of CG bullshit. And just, I mean, it was just a massive, massive movie. Uh, And it was insane. It was just, I can't think of a a, a truer, uh, you know, as if you walked right out of the Road Warrior in, you know, 82 or whatever, then this thing would have come out, you know, two years later almost, you know. By the way, Tim Barron's uh, latest book is Frankenstein and the Conquerors of the Cosmos. That's it. Authored by Ben Avery and illustrated by our good friend Tim Barron. Not Chancho LaRue and... No. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing is the fact that <clears throat> it's the same director for all of these. Yes. And the gap the between director. Thunderdome to here... Yeah. I mean, what's he done in the meantime? He's, he almost did Justice League, but he did, like, Happy Feet. He did Babe. And Babe, yeah. Right? And you're like, what's he been doing? Yeah. Because it, but it was just sort of like, it, it was almost like he's just been laying in wait. Like, this is what I always wanted to well, do. Because it really, this is what I wanted it to look like. You're right. And it, it, it is packed to the gills. Like, it, from the moment it starts, it never lets up. There's a lull here and there. But, I mean, it truly is like he's been, he's been writing shit down for 30 years going, oh, that's a great name. Oh, that's a great set piece. Oh, if I get to do it, I'm going to do this. And it all came spilling out in this amazing, amazing movie. Just the vehicles alone. Oh, yeah. And did you stay like, did you watch any of the, the credits? Uh, I think the so. The cast list. <laughs> the names oh, yeah. of these characters. Yeah. Um, insane. Just just in, insane. It was su- it's such a refreshing thing. Having said all this, have you seen the footage of James Cameron raving about Terminator Genesis? Yes. Now, is this, again, I'm no big Cameron fan, but if Cameron's going to sit down and go, oh my gosh, this is like, this is like what the third Terminator should have been. Uh, does that get you more interested in what you've seen so far or, or don't? I, can't, I think it depends. Uh, I need to look up and see if he's got like producer credit I don't on it somewhere. I, I just feel like somewhere he's getting some money for that. That's that's what I thought too. But then I thought, well, maybe, maybe he's actually a decent killer. No, <laughs> I know people that know him and have worked for him, and they would not say that. No, don't be silly. Well, one day we'll do an episode on on how I feel about uh, James Cameron. We'll get that. All right, get that out in the open. So, movies, Mad Max. You saw Snowpiercer finally. Yeah, I just watched that the other day. What did you think of that? Uh, I liked that. I, I I knew almost nothing about it except people either loved it or hated it. Uh, yeah. I did, I, and I knew, you know, Chris Evans was in it, and I knew it was some sort of sci-fi thing. Boy, you know, I know Evans is doing just fine because when he's in something like Cap or Avengers, it makes a billion dollars. But I want to see, I want to see a Chris Evans thing make a billion dollars on his own. Cause I just think he is so great. You know, I think he, I think he's a really, really good actor. And, and I, I really didn't think that he was going to be as good as he, he's turned out to be. 
you yeah. know, from, from a decade ago or, or whatever. Um, you know, the other, you just said that people either love it or hate it. Uh, did you see Nightcrawler? Uh, I haven't yet. No. Same, same kind of deal. Yeah. People either go, oh, oh man, was it good? Or they just couldn't wait to get out of there. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it. And he's, he's terrific in it. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's a, a little preachy at times, but really interesting concepts. Wait, you, and... you mean Snowpiercer? Yeah. Yes. Well, speaking of, uh, and speaking of Doctor Strange, bringing it back around, Tilda Swinton, who's always great, I think, in what she does, she's one of the baddies in this thing. Yeah. She is in Doctor Strange. Correct. She's been cast as Ming the Merciless in Doctor Strange. I don't quite think you've got that right either. Uh, well, she's definitely Asian. She's an Asian person, right? Send your send your cards and letters to Jason. Who is at she? Well, no, wait, wasn't he an Asian fella? Who? The guy that she's playing. Oh, in in Doctor yeah. Strange. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't remember guy, who she's playing. Who's Doctor Strange's you know, Miyagi in uh, Timmy? Timmy. Timmy. Right. She's playing Timmy. She's playing the ancient one. And I'm pretty sure he was of the Asian persuasion in the in the comic book. Say that twenty times fast. <laughs> so she's in that. Let's get to T V real quick, if we could. Well hold on. We, I, we, there's two more oh, movies we can talk sorry. about. Sorry, yes. Go on. We got a couple of documentaries. Yes. One you just started watching. Which yes, is stripped. Stripped. Which is currently on the on the Netflix. It's not about what you think. Uh, it's about comic strips. Yes, and so uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a nice telling, just uh, going from sort of uh, the original celebrity of being a comic strip artist, like in the in the 30s and 40s, and and you know the when when print was king, That's right? Uh, all the way through sort of the 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 death knell of newspapers, right? And the the reinvention. I don't want. I, I hope I'm not spoiling the end for you because you haven't finished. No, it yet. geez. You know, sort of the, the digital revolution and, and what that's doing for for some of these people. But it, very, very interesting. Were you, big, uh, uh, it's, were you a big Bloom County guy? Oh, yeah. Still. Did you meet him down at Comic-Con a few years ago? Uh, I met him. I think Long Beach was his first show ever, and I met him then. I met him down at Comic-Con for that big, um, was it Kitchen Sink Press or some, whoever was doing the reprints. Yeah. I got the big hardcover. And it was literally one of those, like, I turned around and all of a sudden there he was. Like, I didn't know that he was going to be at this booth. And I just was, I was just 11, 12 years old again. Because yeah. remember, you used to get those, because that was a big deal for us. Like, 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 we had always in different rooms of the house growing up. I remember the Peanuts, the Schultz collections. Always had a paperback here, paperback in the basement. Oh, there's another book. So, you know, we had loads of Peanuts, uh, you know, paperbacks. But then those things were huge back in the day. Like Peanuts, Garfield, Family Circus. Like, like, I think our generation, like our, when we were 11, 12, whatever, those damn Garfield books. Yeah. Like every couple of months was a new Garfield book, which led to Heathcliff, which then I think of Bloom County. You're saying Garfield's a gateway comic? To Heathcliff, I think Garfield was it. Garfield was the weed that led to the to Heathcliff and Marmaduke, the crack cocaine of Marmaduke. Wow! And then the the Molly of Mama, right? <laughs> Mama, what a crap strip that was. 
Uh, the the person from uh, the creator of Mamas in that documentary. Oh, sorry. Never mind. It's a great comic strip. Um, yes. Okay. So there's that. So yeah, like uh, yeah, that that was always a big deal though. And you you never knew when one of those groupings, uh, those books would come out. That's right. So I used to get all the, like the the Doonesbury ones and the Bloom County and Bloom County. Uh, you know my yeah. my dad loved Herman. Tank McNamara. Uh, I don't know. I don't think there were ever books of that. Shoe. Maybe. Shoe, yeah. There were people BC, that liked shoe. You know, all joking aside, we used to have a lot of the BC, you know, like those Peanuts paperbacks. We had BC. Wow. Remember BC? I do. I, I remember that I had a Wizard BC of video game on my Commodore 64. Of, of, of BC? Yeah. No way. Where he's like on his little, like, rock unicycle and you have to jump over stuff. That was a big deal. I mean, I remember... I remember... I don't. I don't know if I would have known about this ahead of time, um, through the Star Wars Club or something. I, I don't remember. That couldn't have been right. But I just remember one Sunday, all of a sudden, going. You know, because you're a kid, you grab the the movie th- listings and the Sunday funnies. You know, the color supplement, the Sunday funnies, and sure. um, and all of a sudden there was the first Star Wars strip, the Russ Manning. Um, Star Wars Sunday color strip. Yeah. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And it was like 3PO talking to a big computer about their adventures. So this like he does. 78 or 79 or whatever it was. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a big deal. Um, so wait, you just said something. Oh, I got to mention something else. Um, speaking of Star Wars, if I may, um, I was a member of the fan club as a kid. Uh, right up through Jedi. Remember Bantha Tracks? Yeah, I remember Bantha Tracks. <clears throat> that was the big newsletter. So um, I'm at the newsstand the other day, as I am wont to do. I love the newsstands. Um, two things. One, SFX, which is a British sci-fi magazine that I've, I've uh, picked up now and then for many, many years. It's her 20th anniversary. Um, the 20th anniversary collector's edition issue is out. Issue 261. Very cool. Um, I like supporting print when I can um, because it's, as Egon said, print is dead and it will be soon. <clears throat> so that's out. Um, but as I'm there, my eye wanders over to the Star Wars Insider, which I believe yes. is basically the new Banta tracks. Correct. And there on the cover are Han and Chewie from the new trailer. And it says, We're home. And as I'm flipping through it, towards the back, Fanta Tracks, by the fans, for the fans, full throttle fandom, um, new editor of Bantha Tracks, a little uh, article by the fella, Pete Vilmer, says, yours in the force, Pete Vilmer, Bantha Tracks editor. I knew Pete Vilmer 20 years ago, out here in L.A. What? Great guy, um, uh, uh, and it was, he was a print collector uh, of Star Wars stuff. Like mainly yep. one sheets and really rare stuff, and um, he. Coll- I remember he collected these seven-inch promotional singles that retold the story of Star Wars that went out to radio stations in 1977. <clears throat> and this is pre-internet, you know. Um, right. And Pete, if you're listening by some weird chance, because I've been trying to find this guy for years, um, he gave me right to him there, Bantha Tracks. I'm man. gonna track him down now. He. Um, he gave me this beautiful Beatles poster 
it is this great shot, a black and white shot of the four of them that Richard Avedon took in 67 for uh, Look <clears throat> magazine. And I, he, he was going through his stuff one day and he goes, oh, you want it? You can have it. And he gave it to me. And it's an original from 67, uh, this, this original poster. So um, what, a, what a weird thing. I mean, I literally just saw his picture today and I went, I know that guy. So he's now working for Lucasfilm. He managed to take his love of this stuff and his collecting and, um, you know, um, I, I think he started working with Sansweet on a couple of... You might not want to reach out to him. He might want that poster back. I know, I know. Um, but there was a couple of books that came out that were, were you know, archives of, of one-sheets in the Star Wars world. And Pete became a go-to guy for the research on the book. And so he co-authored these books with um, Sansweet. But you don't think Sansweet should be writing books. No, that's not what I said. Yes, it is. No, I didn't. I, you said he had no business. No, I didn't, you nut. I said Are I, you wouldn't, serious? I wouldn't wait in line to get his autograph is what I said. Oh, you said he had no business. You're putting pen to paper. You no, know, you're about to be a father again. Yeah. Don't tell tales out of school. Just, I think, I think <clears throat> so let's play back the tape. A huge lie. Let's go to TV, if we may, because uh, we got a lot to cover. We've got to wrap this sh- stuff up. Did you finish House of Cards season three? Yeah, weeks ago. Oh, you did? Okay. Well, I just came out. I take time out for meals, you know, here and there. Um, did you like it? Did you care? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I liked the House of Cards. Yeah, it's getting weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's getting weird. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's hard to look away. You know, you start, you go, oh, just one more episode, and then you, you keep going. Uh, Transparent, I watched all of. Did you, okay. did you see that? Yeah, again, like six months ago, yeah. Oh, well, sorry. Again, I've got other things to do. I read, you know. Uh, I think you're just loitering at the magazine stand. No, is I, why not watching I wasn't these in things a huge in a timely fashion. rush to sit down and watch all of Transparent. I didn't love it, i got to say. Uh, I thought Tambor was great and everybody was, was good in it, but uh, boy, how much wackiness can one family, you know, exude? I thought it was just like a bit over the top. I just thought Bradley Whitford did not make an attractive woman. See, I would have, of the two of them, I would have bought Bradley Whitford a drink over Tambor. Okay. You might have that chance. But maybe, maybe Tambor's more your style. Maybe he's more your speed. You know, I don't know. I thought Whitford, Whitford looked like a sassy, uh, World War II, uh, you know, war bride. Um, (laughs) um, Luthor, Luthor? Oh, Luthor. Luther, finally watched Luther. It's about Lex Luthor. It's the no, Lex Luthor no, story. No, that's not the one. Yeah, it's about his... Yeah, we were, you know, because like most of the main, the the TV season is over. So we're starting to binge watch, you know, a bunch of stuff. They're like, oh, we've kind of heard about this. We should check that out. I like Luthor. So, I don't love Luthor. What what don't you like about it? Um, No, I just don't love it. I don't. What's your beef? I don't dislike it. I just don't, uh, I just don't love it. Well, you don't have to because it's over now. Is it is it completely over now? Uh, well, <clears throat> I think unless they find some great way to bring it all back, yeah. I see. They kind of wrap it up. Halt and catch fire. Three. Whew. I couldn't. I don't think I got through two episodes of that. That got. It started slow, but it got very good. Yeah, just not my cup of tea. It just just started season two. It just started in regular airing. So not, not my cup of tea. Uh, Sense Ace. Remind me. Yes. Is? Sense8 is a is a, a 
miniseries also on the Netflix that was just released, and it is the uh, Wachowski siblings. Oh! And J. Michael Stravinsky. Okay. Is it good? And it, it's it got a slow build, too. Okay. It's very interesting concepts. Uh, but for a while, you're just going to be like, what, what, what's going on here? Okay, what, okay. What are, what are we looking at exactly? All right, I'm down for that. Uh, but yeah, so we we both thought it was interesting, and you know, it was one of those things where we start blazing through, uh, like, oh yeah, we'll we'll watch one more, right? Uh, but I'm gonna warn you, some some male full frontal nudity in it. Speaking of, hello, Penny Dreadful. That's what we're speaking Penny of. Penny Dreadful. Whoa, Mama, it's taken a turn uh, this season. Uh, we have the license, so naturally, I'm <clears throat> I have to watch, I watch it. But I I was keen, you know, before we even got the license, I. The pedigree, John Logan, the cast, and everything. But man, it's going to some interesting places uh, this season, and um, I just hope that some of the stuff pays off because it's getting it's getting pretty frontal. Hmm. Nothing against frontal, but you know, sometimes you want it to kind of pay. I don't care where it where it, who's who's fronting, <laughs> right? I don't care who's the, who's the frontal the frontal lobe, but you know, I hate to use the G word. But when it does become gratuitous, you know, I got to say, are you still watching the Game of Thrones? Yeah. Okay. I am too. When it works, man, when it is when it is working at the height of its powers, and it's, it's, it's obvious to say this, but um, two episodes ago, the, the, what are they called? The Walking Dead? What are those white guys called? Yeah, the Army of the <clears throat> Holy macaronis when that show is working on all thrusters it is the greatest thing on television that was a that was a great episode. unbelievable uh it's just that i feel like i'm fast forwarding a lot to get there there's a lot, lot of shit i just don't care about and are you literally fast forwarding through the i show? am literally fast forwarding through the show <laughs> wow you know uh dinklage i feel like dinklage sat in a box for three episodes like you know, chop, frickin' chop. Let's let's get to it. We got got shit to do. Let's go. They, they don't want to go too fast because now they're going past where the books are. Oh right, so because they you know, they, gotta, they don't want to go too gotta fast slow down a little. They got to get a rape in every other episode. Like enough is enough with with a lot of this stuff. It's like, and every time he defends himself and says, "Well, you know, it was the medieval time," and then someone says, "Yeah, but it's a fiction what you're making." Yes, but I have to reflect the. You don't. You, you don't have to go there. Every other time you you can, you know, it's just it's after a while. And again, this is a taste thing. It's like we talked about Walking Dead. It's a brilliant show. It's but I would never buy a box set and sit down and watch it in a weekend again. Once I've been through it, it's it's a slog. And I feel like um, Game of Thrones is like um, it's just unrelentingly bleak, this show. And I also get a little confused after a while. Like, I don't know. It's because you're fast forward. Who the starlings are and who the who the <laughs> again <laughs> not meant to really be fast forwarded through. Really, you're kind of supposed to pay attention. Yeah, loads of shit. I could miss four episodes, come right back, and I'd be just fine. You're clearly not if you don't know who these people are. We would still be crawling around on the ground like a dog. Like some of this stuff, it's like, come on, let's let's go. It's just it it some of it's very slow and. Anyway, um, let's get to Letterman. Speaking of slow, 
you love Letterman. I love Letterman. We've been with him for 30-some years, whatever. Uh, I'm going to miss him. Uh, uh, the stuff was great, I thought, you know. But I just... We're talking about the last episode. Just it's, the it's whole time. last, like, week, you know, last eight, nine, whatever it was. I wanted so much more. I wanted them to give us so much more. And he could have taken a whole week and done the first half of the show and shown clips, you know, these great moments. So then this person came, you know, I, I just, I wanted so much more. Um, well, he did kind of do that. He, he did sort of the, like every day he did sort of a great bit from the past right after the monologue. Yeah. And then when, you know, it was kind of his greatest hits of, of people, like his, his biggest friends would come on and then there'd usually be like a compilation of, of their, uh, you know, their highlights. And then there was that primetime show that Ray Romano did that covered a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it just, I, you know, there was an episode, I think it was the second to last maybe, where he he ran the whole Taco Bell drive through thing. Yeah. I mean, that's nothing. There's there's 30-some years of this stuff. Um, I, I just, I I just want, and, and that's just, that's that's not an artistic complaint. If anything, that's, how much I'm going to miss the guy. Like I, I wanted so much more. Um, they could have done 20 minutes on Bud Melman or Pee Wee. You know, I would have loved to have seen Pee Wee show up. You know, yeah. that was groundbreaking shit. When Pee Wee Herman would show up, you know, you remember this. He literally yep. would just show up with a bag of toys. There wasn't even an interview. He just would sit there and play with toys on Letterman's desk and Letterman would just let him go. You know, like nobody was was doing that with, with this guy. Um, <clears throat> I would have loved to have seen, seen the, you know, more of that stuff. More Brother Theodore for you? Brother Theodore, Larry Budd, Chris Elliott, the man under the stairs. Like, we didn't go into any of that stuff. Yeah, I'm surprised, like, Chris Elliott wasn't physically there also. And Murray. They could have done 20 minutes of just Murray clips. You know, I kind of thought Keaton did Keaton show. When did Keaton show up last? Was it for Birdman? Uh, he came back uh, the I think it was in the last month. He came oh, back at when Birdman came out in the. But I mean, he I thought uh, he would have been like a last week guest because he came out when Birdman came out on DVD. Okay. So it it was probably within the last three weeks, and he brought Carol Burnett footage. To shame Dave right. with, which was great. Yeah, because yeah. Keaton was one of those guests that just... I remember Ron Howard being asked once about Keaton versus um, uh, Tom Hanks and working with them. Yeah. And he said they're both very funny, and Tom Hanks is is a funny guy. You just you get him going and you get him in a room. But he said Keaton is just a force of nature. Like, he's just... And you'd watch him on Letterman, and you just felt like it was two old pals just kind of throwing the rule book out the window. And they would just spin like a top. And and it was just always such a joy to watch them, you know, riff off each other. Uh, and it and it's still what I mean that that his last appearance was like that. It was dynamite. Oh yeah, well, I missed. Did you get to see like Jack Hanna's last episode? Uh, I did. I saw that. I saw uh, the Clooney thing. I saw the Hanna thing i saw that the top 10 the pacino thing was mental yeah. that was just weird but when he got pacino to say say hello to my little friend yeah i thought that was that was genius um yeah. that was great stuff i just uh, you know 
I, I don't want him to go. The the yeah. the Foo Fighters song and and that montage timed to that. Yeah, that was. Cool. I don't know how long that took an editor, but that was incredible. That was cool. I feel sorry for the people that didn't realize it was going to run, you know, 20 minutes late and miss that. And, you know, uh, Norm MacDonald, Ray Romano, the emotion. Oh, you know? yeah. But, I mean, I get, you know, we're all sitting here going, you know, it's not, Letterman's not that guy. You know, he's not going to crack. Uh, and he really didn't. I mean, he really kept it just... Goodbye, everybody. You, know, yeah. you remember how emotional he got when he brought out the people that saved his life? Dr. Lou Aroni? You remember that? I mean, he was... Oh, yeah. He was... <clears throat> that was tough. Yeah. Nothing for the goodbye. I felt like he was comforting everybody else. Yeah, kind of. That were getting emotional about it. Yeah. Um, okay, we got to wrap this up here, Sunshine. So let's um, let's get to some music well, hold on. We got to talk about the Punisher is going to be on Daredevil. Oh, well, wait That's a second! Insane. We haven't really talked about Daredevil, have we? Uh, yeah, because you hadn't watched it yet. No, I watched it. I zipped right through it. Oh, I zipped right through it too. I thought you were getting to it or something. No, we. Well, maybe we did talk about <clears throat> it. I watched it as soon as it came out. Well, again, cliche. I watched it within forty-eight hours. Uh, cliche, and everybody's talking about the same thing. But I'll say it again: the ending of episode two. The hallway. The hallway. Oh, yeah. Not just Daredevil. One of the coolest uh, action sequences in television history. I watched it like three times. Yeah. We did talk about Daredevil. Did we talk about Daredevil? Yeah, we did. Okay. Because we were talking about their plan to, <clears throat> you know, go all the way through the Defenders, and then when will we see Daredevil again? They had yes. just announced that there would be a season two. And I was two. saying that not across the board, not everything about the character – but I watched D'Onofrio, and I go, that is Lex Luthor. Oh, yeah. That, that is not the bashing people's heads in and shit, but, but the way he carries himself, that, to me, is who Lex Luthor should be. Yeah. Not Jesse frickin' Eisenberg. I'll just leave it there. All right. Um, so Punisher is going to be on – wait, do we know who Punisher is yet? Yeah. It's uh, Shane from The Walking Dead. Joe That's Byrne. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. He's cool, that guy. Yeah, he'll be great. Yeah, he looks. I mean, he looks so much like that 12-inch Marvel Studios Punisher toy biz did that. Uh, yeah, Dave Cortez sculpted. That's like the boxer version. Yeah, that's right. He looks just. It's like, oh man, perfect. That's right. He'll be fantastic. So really looking forward to that. Yeah, and and uh, they've released kind of you know because they did all the the stand ups for all the the new releases for all the the uh, networks. And they released a, like a six-minute trailer for Supergirl that I know it's not everyone's bag, but it's that's more what I was looking for for Man of Steel, like someone from Krypton being nice and saving people and having a good time. And I, I'm looking forward to watching that with my daughter. Okay. And then they also did release a, a, a pretty cool trailer for DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which is the Arrow uh, Flash spinoff with the Atom and Hawkgirl and uh, all those guys. Okay. Firestorm. That's a lot of fun. All right. I'll have to check that out. Um, and the Flash season finale was mental. Yeah. I'm that whole season not a big, uh, dynamite. Not a big DC TV uh, guy. 
but I know people are, and they like the stuff. Uh, it, it, like, like what I've seen of, of a lot of it, like ten minutes of Daredevil, in my mind, has kicked the crap out of everything I've seen for DC. Everything. I completely disagree. I think they're all very good, but they're they're. I don't think it's a patch on what 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 uh, Marvel did with with Daredevil. That is an amazing show, just all around. I think, comic book or not, it's just it moves that thing. And and there you go. There's a guy, British actor, amazing American accent. You wouldn't you would never know that guy's British, Charlie Cox, uh, and he's great. He's terrific in it. Um, let's get to some music real quick, if we could. You you got a couple of releases that have come out that you're excited about? Uh, well, yeah, I just picked up the the new Bare Naked Ladies, Silver Balls. Yes. Which uh, there, there's actually an exclusive version at uh, at Best Buy that has two extra songs on it. Okay. It's been a little while since I've tried to go to a store and buy physical music. Uh-huh. It was it was a bit of a chore, kind of a nightmare. Interesting. Yeah. All right. And I actually had to go to two different stores to get it because uh, the first store couldn't find it. Wow. Even though it's in their computers. That says more about the store than. Uh, that's yeah. Best Buy is not not what they want. I couldn't even, when I first walked in, I couldn't even find their music section. It's so it's small. T- it, there's nothing there. Yeah. There's nothing nothing there. It used to be like front and center, like movies and music. Yep. We're like, bam, that was where, it, and now it's like all cell phones and tablets. Yep. And good luck finding that. And even their video game section is pretty shrimpy now. Yep, it's all a change. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a goodly little album by them. Kind of, uh, uh, they've sort of found their way now without Stephen Page in the group, I feel like. so. Okay. And then uh, there's one track Ben Folds released uh, on NPR this week for his new team up with Y Music, the chamber orchestra from New York called Capable of Anything that you can check out on NPR. That's really dynamite. That album drops in September. Ben Folds uh, is going to be here in a couple of weeks on the 28th or so, I think. On our show? No. Oh. At, at the Greek Theater. Oh, okay. So Greek going theater. to see that and looking forward Greek to it. Greek Theater, one of the greatest places to see music ever. Uh... Uh, in the words, to quote Neil Diamond, Hot August Night, 1972, he says, the Greek theater, this is where performers go to die. It's like I, I hope it remains that way now that it's under new management. Well, I'm saying you can't, there's not a bad seat in the house. That is true. You, you can't, it's a great place to sit. Yeah, you can't, you can't lose with the, with the Greek. Um, uh, Blur, uh, great uh, band from the Britpop era. I uh, have a new album out called The Magic Whip, which is terrific. Uh, they've been on hiatus for quite a while. Uh, Florence and the Machine, uh, Florence Welch uh, and her group, Florence and the Machine, have a, uh, an album called How Big, How Blue, How Beautiful. Um, if you like her, you'll love it because I think it's the best thing she's done. Um, and um, she grows on me more and more. I really think she's, you know, a, a one-off. She, she, she kind of reminds me a bit of Kate Bush sometimes. And nobody reminds me of Kate Bush because she was so, <laughs> so unique. Um, but one of my musical heroes, Paul Weller, is back with um, uh, an album called Saturn's Pattern. And uh, Say that 20 times fast. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fantastic, as I say about most of his stuff. But it really is. He has been on this 
renaissance the past this is like the fourth or fifth album in a row that he keeps pushing the boat out a little further and and across the board the reviews are four out of five stars nine out of ten kind of thing um and it's great it's 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 terrific so um if you're curious because i've talked about him so much i can't recommend this this album enough um and also um a few weeks back we were lucky enough to get last minute tickets to noel gallagher uh, Noel Gallagher and uh, well, it's Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds is what he's called now. Um, uh, to see him live, haven't seen him since he was with Oasis uh, when he had Oasis. Uh, it was a great, great show downtown at the Orpheum. You ever been down there for a show? I have, yeah. Good. Uh, I've seen movies there too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's a great. Uh, I haven't been there in a long time, but it's a I forgot what a good venue it is. And there you have it. There's a lot to chew on, everybody. I hope you've learned something. I know I. Hold on, yeah. You have to talk a little bit about Trek Expo because you teased everyone with it. Trek Expo was a was a was a crazy thing a couple months back. Um, all the people that have licenses for Star Trek, we met at the Paley Center, and um, you know we're all in the audience. And then folks get up, um, you know, for for Paramount, CBS, they get up and they talk about the history of Trek and. You know, this is a big anniversary year coming up, uh, 2016. Yep. Um, and then the last person to get up and speak was Brent Spiner, Commander Data. Um, and then we got up on the roof afterwards and had drinks, had like Romulan ale and stuff like that. And uh, I got some good FaceTime with Brent Spiner. We got to talk for a while, which was fun. Nice. But um, they showed us loads of stuff. Um, you know, um, what's it? Connect, not Connects. But um, what's the other one? Well, Megablocks is doing that. Megablocks, stuff, right? a giant enterprise. Yeah, they just showed that at licensing show last week. Right, they showed us plans for the stuff in Vegas, the big uh, enterprise scale casino hotel in Vegas, the size of the Starship Enterprise. Um, just all kinds of groovy stuff. And, um, um, you know, talked about all the partnerships and the crazy stuff that's coming up. And one of the neatest things was... There's this organization, um, it's a grant that's going to be given out to an organization, whoever uh, comes up with the best plan. The people are, these scientific groups are making a tricorder. Uh, in the next few years, they're planning, they're hoping there will actually be a, a, a physical, a tricorder uh, that you can have at home. So if your kid is running a fever or whatever, you'll be able to take this little instrument, just like McCoy did, that little, the little round thing, and put it on the the wrist of the child and get the body temp and the white blood cell count and all that stuff, and it'll coincide with readings on the little tricorder. Uh, it's, it's not, it, it, not going to get them sued, is it? What's that? That's not going to get them sued, is it? Who's using using the name? Who's that? The scientists. No, 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 no. It's 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 in conjunction with um, Paramount. Oh, they're helping. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So they're they're doing they're giving the grant kind of thing or something. But it's it's going to be a real thing. This is they just they had this great presentation of all the ways that the universe caught up with some of the technology in uh, Star Trek, from right. flip phones to you know um, sliding doors and grocery stores and. You know things like the tricorder and the holodeck and stuff like that. Um, I love my holodeck, and that was fun. That was fun to see, and all the diversity, of course. You know, um, on the ship, uh, you know, way, you know, fifty years ago with 
the multi, you know, ethnicity, multi-ethnic um, stuff going on in the ship. Although they did manage to find a, a southern racist uh, doctor, which I thought was interesting. Right. 50 years ago. They had everybody else. And you had to have the, because if you watch the old show, I swear to God, if he's in a room with Spock, Spock doesn't even open his mouth. And McCoy is <laughs> jumping all over him, calling him every name in the book. <laughs> you know, if he's if he's if he's good, then he'd be kicked off the ship. If that was no, Spock, no you got to have a doctor, man, the black guy. He'd be kicked off the ship for being a racist. Um, but it was cool. It was it was a really uh, fun thing to to get to be at and uh, share, you know, thoughts on creativity. Be, nice. be part of it. So we got lots of cool stuff coming up. Oh, and uh, boy, talk about coming full circle. When I kicked Biff Bang Pow off, as some people might know, the first license I went after was a British series called Spaced, created by Simon Pegg and Jessica Stevenson, who's now Jessica Hines, directed by Edgar Wright, starring Nick Frost as well. Um, yes. Well, we never got that license. I got loads of other licenses, but never got spaced. But all these years later, Simon Pegg is a, a household name, for God's sake, playing Scotty in you know the new Star Trek films. He's going to yeah. be writing. He is currently writing Star Trek Three. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So small freaking world. I was right all along. I knew he'd amount to something. So there you have it. Now, now we got to wrap it up. All right. So we will, we will, uh, I don't know if we'll do this before Comic-Con, but I'll see you there. Definitely. Look for me. Yes. Uh, and uh, anyone that's going down, booth 2343, Entertainment Earth, that's where Biff Bang Pow lives. I'll be floating around if you want to come up and say hi and uh, tell us how much you enjoy the, the show and you want to make a, a donation of some kind. And if you're at the at the con, I'm doing two panels, uh, doing one on Thursday evening and f no, yeah, Friday and Saturday. Nice. The Friday one is uh, Women in Toys. I think it's at seven o'clock. Hey, look at that. Yeah, and then the uh, the Saturday one is AFI's tenth anniversary of Talking Toys at seven thirty. Nice. You should yeah. post that info on the. On the GSI page. I will. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say it all yet, but oh. I will, as soon as I'm able to. I think I can now. All right. Um, what are they going to do? Unless my panel? Exactly. Thanks, everybody. And once again, on behalf of the universe and the GSI listeners, congratulations to Daniel and Abby on their wonderful news. Thank you so much. I appreciate well it. Well done, everybody. And all thanks right. for listening. Thanks for... Um, your support, and I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Indeed. Have a good All one. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Shiny. Let's be bad guys. I know Kung Fu. Show. Secrets of nature's deepest mystery.